Right, people. We've got, we've got a lot of people in the room tonight. We've got the wild man. His playlist is down there in the description box below the video, over 100 videos, hours and hours of endless wild man madness content if you want to watch it. We've got Gary Furby, who we're going to get to in a second. This guy knows how to punch, and his punching prowess landed him in prison at one point. The governor. We've got Jamie who's been hooking us up with all these brilliant, solid interview guests. I have indeed. And he's a prolific author in his own right, expert on Lee Duffy, Viv Graham, everything that went down in that gangland scene. And we're going to be doing a full podcast with Jamie as well on all those subjects and all those crime subjects. And the professional boxers too, just not criminals. Thanks for coming on, Gary. No problem. What? How many titles have you got, and what are they? I've got, uh, nine titles. I've got uh, Northern unlicensed ones, Northern Area, British Heavyweight, Dual National Champion, uh, Bang Bang Promotions. For I can't remember them all. Uh, North East Legends, Blindfold <laughs> uh, One, uh, DDA. Just some of them, and the main one, the governor one, the Norman Buckland governor belt. Do you, do, you think, governor belt. do you think earning them, you've got a natural ability, or did you have to train like crazy? Uh, or both? You used, used to train and fight. Fight, I don't know. I've done it since I was a kid. Yeah. My last two fights, I, I come back, I says, uh, I'd fight on the Sunday, but then I arranged to have the bare governor fight on the Saturday, so it was two fights within 24 hours. And you were on it? Pop before and after. Oh, was that? Ah. Was <laughs> 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 I got fit for it though, but what happened? I went to Leeds and I had a drink. I had three hours kept now. Yeah. Broke your head in the first one, didn't you? This I did, my hand in my finger. Yeah. I went back out and got up next day and bent my fingers on my steering wheel, stopped my car, drove back to Gated, had a dinner, had a pint, went to the boxing show and won the next fight. Well, the next fight with a broken hand. Broken hand, I dropped the lad twice with the same hand as well. And then went to him. And then I went to the hospital for, for four weeks. And when I went to the hospital, they went, how the hell have you coped with that? I literally bent my fingers around. And so what's your strategy to embrace the pain? I don't know, I've got quite good pain. Tolerance. Tolerance, aye, because it says what you're talking at the hospital. I went, oh, I just had a couple of bruising. I thought it was inflammation. Yeah. The x-ray was all in bits. Well, obviously, it's healed. But because the one that is in the New Year's evening, I said, I want to climb a mountain. But like, Mr. Fabio, you mental, come and see where they Because I was getting loads of tingles. Obviously, the callus, the, the, the bones have went round my nerves and that. So I've got problems with my nerves and my hands and that. So it wasn't yeah. just like a simple break, you just basically shot. I had the lumps and that there. Yeah. Split stood there and broke my finger and went up there. And. and some of this aggression came out of you getting bullied as a kid. Yes, I was in my ma's brothers and my uncle Ronnie and that was boxers and that and uh, they used to do bits of boxing with us and that because I used to get bullied as a kid. I got bullied from being like nah, six, seven, all the way up until I was about 15 or something like that. You know. and, and even when I started boxing there, uh, I started boxing, it was like, sometimes you get bullied, I think it was because I'd done a bit of boxing as well. And there was always not one of us, was always two, three or four yeah. people all the time jumping us and nothing. Yeah. My ma used to forever, I used to kind of, yeah, I was upsetting that, or sometimes I'd have to leave school and you'd have to be legging it. 
You just knew you know the gates waiting for you. They were gonna give, they were gonna give them hiding. You know what the worst is? Though? People came over the fence and you just have to leg it running that. People do that because they know once you become a professional boxer, your hands are licensed, aren't they? Aye. So you can actually get done for just few. Aye, the clusters there, yeah. the weapons. <laughs> but um, there was one day, uh, this kid, just a history class, just got up, just started hitting this big lad, and there, uh, and I, I didn't ask him. I changed. I was like. I see it, didn't I? I was frightened, you know? Yeah. There was a couple of stone heavy on me. And I turned him straight away. And I got suspended. Yeah. I got suspended, even though they knew. And I got suspended. And uh, I was suspended from school for a week. And, but when I went in, I was shit myself. I tell him I was getting the thing. <coughs> and I went, yeah. We've done everything for that week. She yeah. Went, you, she went, you, I'm not punishing you. She went, you've been through a hell of a lot, you know? Getting, uh, That's bullied, good, though, isn't it? And after that, it really like, it stopped for a bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm. So for teenagers watching this who might be getting bullied in school because we've got a lot of young people watch it. Yeah. Do you recommend like boxing and sports? Get yourself into a, into a sport. It just really people shouldn't bully people. To be fair, the people that, the bullies are the fucking cowards, isn't they? Yeah. yeah. It takes a couple of people to bully, or the people are bullying. They've got it's because that person the bullying's got potential. And then we've got now it's jealousy, isn't it? Yeah. And one thing I hate, even to this day, only a couple of years ago I seen two I feel shit by seeing this like there was about eleven year olds, these two eleven year olds, picking on this laddie, eight year old, and this laddie was crying his eyes out. And if I, as soon as I see someone like that, me, I, I got off at me. And I slung the two of them and I took the bend, yeah. Yeah. And now it is my turn. His mark tells him off. He was crying his eyes out. I went, yeah, he's just been getting picked on off two lads. Get in! You have stuck after yourself. I thought, some people grow with tough love, don't they? Ah, but I thought the poor Ben was probably crying, and that—that's mm. a horrible thing. It's even worse now with the internet thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's two lot of bullying as well. <coughs> a lot of people. There's mentally and physical, yeah. isn't there? Ah, and there's amount of young children that yeah. do self harm and stuff like that. So, what age did you become an <coughs> amateur boxer? And how was that? <coughs> I had my first fight in there, March 1993. I was 13 year old. Wow. Uh, I boxed at the Cox Lodge, um, I think it was in Gosvav. And you could smoke in the bars and that then. Obviously, I couldn't smoke, I was only 13. But fuck, no, man, I, uh, it was dark, smoky. Uh, after that first room, I remember your lungs would be on fire. I think you had it with 40 tabs. I, would, I was like, box, we're the same age, and I was uh, boxing the same age. And when you'd look at them shows, you'd think, my God, you know, people would just be puffing and puffing and putting bets on you. And you think, how the hell did that, did that, you know, 25 years was it now? But Long yeah, it was horrible, years, but horrible wasn't it? So you guys have trained, you're physically fit and you go to smoky room. Like, it can't be any good for your lungs, yeah. Strips, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the lad I boxed was there. Uh, I boxed him six times called Paul McGreevy. Uh, he beat us, uh, I think he beat us by a point or something. And we ended up yeah. boxing each other six times. I won 6-4 with them. Uh, but like you see, Back then was different, wasn't it? There was smoking and that, people smoking and that. But, um, I had a good good career, amateurs and that. And yeah. yeah. Then you started working the doors in the big market, Newcastle? Yeah, yeah. Why is that area so notorious? For back then it was notorious, the big market. It was yeah. lethal. Yeah. Well, just just to, um, to enlighten Sean, um, the big market was, it was a place where... When did you work there? 98? Yeah, right. So if, if Gary had been um, a doorman seven years earlier, Lee Duffy, Lee. when he was coming round, knocking all of Graham's doorman out, obviously Gary would have met Lee yeah. Duffy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a place where there's loads of pubs, um, 
loads of nightlife back in them days. It was a co- cozy Joe's. Um, Cozy Joe's was at Macy's, and it was just a place everyone would come for Hindus, stag do's, and that was a place where I imagine if you were if you were a dorm in Newcastle, you earned your money. A bit like Portsmouth. Yeah, I had earned your money there. Like yeah, that. I was uh, <clears> there. <throat> I was I was working while I was struggling. I needed some extra coin, and uh, David Gregory, who, uh, who was Glen McCrory's manager, who mm-hmm. used to box for um, Felon Victoria amateur, who was David Gregory's gym, who. Glenn McCrow used to box out of, train fights, fights, yeah. Joby Tires, Terry French, he was a pro gym as well. Um, and Bernard O'Hagan, he was like a coach, and Tommy Tote used to train us, you know. Um, and David Gregg was like, oh, I was only little, I was only about 11 off stone or something. And he went, I'll get you a job on the doors. I was like, yeah. He went, I'll get your badge. So at the time I applied for the city council and that. Yeah. And, uh, and Paul Lister. Everybody heard of Paul Lister in the North East. He was Paul Lister, professional fighter. Northern Area champion. Oh, oh, yeah. four, he was four for the Commonwealth Heavyweight title and that. And I started working for Paul in the big market. What was the wage like then? Like £60 on the night side? Was like. Well, you were better than what the poor lads are getting now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Shell stackers get more on them, man, than yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. You said it was, it was cash and hand. You got a tenner now. I was through the books. You went about 18, 19. Yeah. I used to make a few quid back then. The lads in the old days, though, they haven't um, squeaky clean, aren't they? Aye. Mm. We used to have to scrap. You had to, you had to scrap. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think... Basically, if you were a knuckle-dragon Neanderthal psychopath, was that was in the small print where if you could really fight, you that enhanced you to get the job. Yeah. Where now you've got to work with the police and that, them days are all finished, uh, you know. And you see, we had Brian Cockley yesterday. He is he, he is what he, what he says in the small print. Yeah. But these days, you've got to... You, you know, Steve Rafe, you've had him on, and Steve's very clever, he can talk, and Aye. you've got to communicate far more, and I think Aye. the days of that, that you know, all when got that outruled, that SIA badge it? was kicking in, I remember standing on the all door, the cage bar, out, in the big mall, was that bad cage bar, you went <clears> to the uh, Pilgrim Street Police Station, right, and reception, there was a notice telling people, the public, do not go into this bar, so bad. <laughs> 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 That's how bad the bar was, kids. Good advertisement. <laughs> Do you have plenty of doormen on, like? You get There's only before one. Wow. But uh, back then, and I like, used to, we used to be off our heads, and that you had to put up with the people. You couldn't right, stand yeah. there being normal. Yeah, you right. and you. But then you, you were fighting, you could whack them with chairs and that, you kind of do that. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of, but you had to at the time then. Back in the day when I used to go to the nightclubs when I was like 19, 20, they'd have like, um, well, the dominant had that baseball bats at the back of the bar. But the first thing they'd do is, the, the two of them would grab you, one of them have you in their dog, the other one chicken wing you. You just get used to the stairs and fucking throw it. Open the door, aye, oh, yeah, a fire exit handle yeah. right here. No. <laughs> <laughs> you could then, aye. You used to show up at my house, didn't you? Your face black and blue. And yeah. then next week, you'd be back down fighting the bouncers again. <laughs> That's how he trained as a young person. <laughs> <laughs> never learned. He was one of them, just never I don't get one, but then the others would get me. <laughs> so you got back the week after for the other one. And no one else would come down with me. Come on, let's go around and fuck off with you, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> you look better. <laughs> Aye. So any notable fight stories from the bouncer days? Oh, I feel like uh, there was one uh, who made the paper actually uh, <coughs> there was, was this guy in the toilet, women's toilet eh? So, guys, in, you made Gary Ferry, knocks on the door 
in this bloke is well known. He's known over Newcastle. And uh, by Newbigin. So he <coughs> time to get out. Wouldn't get out, so we made instead of dragging him out, fucking sparked him. So the door shut, we couldn't get him out. Yeah. Fucking wake him up to get him out. <laughs> oh, so he felt like that. Aye, yeah, yeah. so get wake someone gets him out, of course, how long didn't it? Well he went and got his mates. There were seven of them. And one of them was called Tiny Timmy was about six foot four. Do you well, know something? He's in the Lee Duffy book. Is he? Is he a doorman? I don't know. Big tall ball. He's called Tiny because he's massive. Aye. And it, one of my books, The, the Hole of the Moon. Yeah. Yeah. It's from Newcastle way. Aye. Basically, Duffy, he was working for with Grim, the doorman, and basically Aye. Lee flattened him. Flattened a couple of the bouncers and said, I'm going to leave you awake. Tell Viv Graham the Duffus been with that name Tiny bounce of the can be that many he was about six foot he was eight, fucking huge, massive. Right? You read the whole of the moon, he's in it, but anyway, I'm sorry, there. carry on. I'm a there. <laughs> we fucking had a fight with them at the side of the door. But uh, now you can't do you can you well, <coughs> we pull the cushions out. And it was the one of the first times I heard of cocaine being mixed with ketamine. So I fucking whacking them and knocking the teeth out like dominoes, but they were still coming back at you. Still coming back high as kites. What the fuck? So we jammed the side door, shut. And they ran round the front, didn't they? Well, it was just like, it was like, um, I don't know how you can describe it. it the boy held 300 people, but you just seen people flying like that. Yeah. <laughs> and as we come up the stairs, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> 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 a couple of other two dumb scatters. So I got pinned in between two speakers. I Me, mean, I was getting bottled for fun, man, I swear. Fucking hell, man. The fucking bottles I broke were well, the ones that didn't hurt because I had a second chance, didn't I? Yeah. Straight away. And then uh, he was one of them, and mm. I fucking cracked him, and he never flickered, like, yeah, yeah. oh, it's on top of him, bang, oh, bang, oh. And then I got fucking slung down some stairs. It was a good, good, good scrap. I found the best thing with bottles is, if they actually break, it doesn't break, it's fucking It much. doesn't break? No. The ones that didn't break, fucking Yeah, it's like the, mm. you know, like the, the old Grouch ones and the mm. fucking... The old soda water ones, the big thick fucking glass. Solid at the mm. bottom. Fucking hell. Knacker. Yeah. Ram Jarwood would be Newcastle Brown Hill bottles over, wouldn't it? Yeah, Newcastle Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. yeah, and we had, there was another one uh, in Destiny. Well, I'd been, like, I wasn't allowed in Newcastle for a few years, but like, I got to jail and it's another story in the way. Probably <laughs> saved you some money, didn't it? Aye, but I ended up going back to work in town and if your old face had seen us, wanted to fucking fight us again. Ah, right, yeah. And one of them was these two gypsies, and they uh, went to sell the door, and they had to be hired out, and that turns up. And they were like, ah, oh, he fucking, you know, like, it was because he used to be a big muscly lad. Uh, fucking my chin, you know, like, I was like, oh, how on, get up. And the other doorman left us. And only the manager, Brian Coleman, stood there by my side. He does. And Destiny, chock a block nightclub, rough as fuck. And the the, the the floor just turned into a perfect circle. It was like someone would have seen a film. Yeah, right, yeah. And there's me. And the manager's going, I'm with you, I'm with you. And I was like, oh. And the two lads, yeah. So I was like, what can I do? Worse with fighting the gypsies, you fight I got that done, smashed one, and then got the other one, smashed, like, smacked him and whacked his head off the pole. <laughs> sorted. If not, I was pleased because if not, I was fucked. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> I've got the fucking doorman and run away. So the bastard. Ah, manager like that. The manager, he knows the manager. Yeah. A lovely bloke as well. Cracking killer, aye. 
Well, there's some, there's a lot of towns on the doors, a lot of tails on the doors like that. It was good of him to have you back though, because you wouldn't, mm. you wouldn't imagine the managers too. That's what they have the doorman mm. for, isn't it? Right. You know what I mean? I was telling, telling a few people that story. <coughs> and they, when I can picture it now as I see it, like, you see the dance floor was chocker, and it was just like now, like Moses part in the sea. Made the perfect. <laughs> it, just, right it went in perfect circle. Aye, it was fucking weird, honestly. Yeah, it's the stage, or what? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, if it had to be, if you could have put it in the film, it was like something in the film, man. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, there's many, many scraps there. Was the times then as a bouncer that you feared for your life? Um, yes, I a couple of times. Aye, aye. What happened there? Um, there was once uh, a couple of. Kind of shoot us a couple of people. Are gonna shoot us like I. Um, Showing up with guns. No, nah, yeah. that's not good. That nah, is it. Nah. Yeah, it's so what was Brian Cockrell's motto? If there's a gun, you run at him. If it's a knife, you I run away. I put it in the book. It was yeah. um, one of them. I stuck in the back. It's an old saying, <laughs> which is <laughs> you, <laughs> you charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You charge at a gun and you run from a knife because you can't outrun a bullet. So if someone's pointing a gun at you. You, you run at it, not away. Yeah. Where if someone's got a knife, you literally run that way. Especially that guy used to do. If he had knives, I'd be running forever, mate. But I can't even run. Yeah. His response when we told him that was, I run at both. Well, <laughs> knife or gun, yeah, I run at There's, there's a story actually with Brian. Um, I left the guy's name out, but he's um, he was a well known um, character. Of, um, always done for armed robberies. And he was saying he was going to put it on Brian. And, um, Thanks, man. Yeah, Brian turned up at his house. And this guy was like, stood like Alma Fudd with a gun, like marching. And he, Brian got out the car, and rather than point the gun at him, he seen Brian and ran out the back and just jumped. And I said to Brian, What was your, why, why did you do that? And he said, He's not fucking trying to intimidate me. And, you know, and it's. You can't fight a fucking gun, you know what though, I mean? could you? He stood there with a, a 410, I think it was. And this guy, he was a serious gun merchant, yeah, you know what right. I mean? He wasn't there. And he's like, well, I just turned up at his house and I chased him around the back and I was like, right, okay. That other knife guy was a total nutter as well on Tuesday. That's all about, he's the one who said, if they've got a knife <laughs> yeah. while they're going, I'd run out. Don't have the belt of knives like that. <laughs> Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor. Brilliant story. Yeah, I love yeah. Shane. He's, um, He's cool. scary yeah. back in the day. Yeah. He's, um, do you know something? There's a saying, of, you know, when you look at pictures like Ronnie Cray, and you know, you see, you can see the madness in his eyes. Picture Ronnie Cray where he's smiling. You don't know whether he's smiling because he likes you or because he's hurting you. Shane, if you're watching, I love you, brother. But you can see, Paul Venice said, you know, in his eyes, he said he, he threatened um, Paul years ago, but before the, but they were friends, and he, they went to have a fight in Middlesbrough about 15 years ago, and he said, "You get involved, and I'll effing stab you." And he said, "I could see the look in Shane's eye." He said. He said, this guy actually will kill me. You see like, through the oh, no, no. inside. But he's telling the story, you just like see almost through his dark soul, you know what yeah. I mean? He's um to his credit, he's been through a lot, Shane Taylor. He's got a great story, he's getting a yeah. film made on him. Um he's he's got a book out, possible another book next year. And um, you know, the good thing is obviously many of our guests is he's come out the end and he's here and he's saying that that wasn't good, that wasn't clever. I met his victims as well, and it's, it's, it's turned his life yeah. from what he was. How he's turned his life around, 
That's amazing. Yeah, good he's, um, yeah. you know, yeah. that's to hard go, to go meet your victims, isn't it? Cause yeah, he had to go and say like sorry counties. to him. <laughs> and he said, at the end of it all, was the biggest thing was was known I was wrong at the end of it. I was angry. I was, you know, and, and I just thought my life's been a total lie. But it takes a, a man to say sorry. So he's been good enough to, yeah. uh, big enough to pull his own. Takes about said that he was in the wrong as well, like, you know what I mean? I blame every fucker else, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a lot of things that I've done, and I can't even remember what I've done because I, I used to be crackers years ago. <coughs> and I'd be like, I think, I think back and I was like, yeah, I really do that. And like, same as what them thing. Mm. And I was going like, oh, well, yeah, what a cunt I was years ago, even though you didn't realise it. Mm -hmm. You get your mates who've known you for tell years. You what you've done. tell you what you've done, and you're like, yeah, yeah what a yeah. dick I was mm. years ago. I, I, bet you've, I bet you've had that a lot, though, haven't you? Yeah. You woke up the next day, and Sean's been like, blah, 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 and you've been like, oh my God. Well, I know I fucked up because he doesn't talk to me for two days. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is back when I didn't let him know where I lived. <laughs> That's how dangerous he was. His best mate wouldn't let him know where he lived. <laughs> I watched a documentary for you the other day. Uh, I think I'll tell you what, James English, if you're watching James, I love you, big shagger, call him that. And uh, he said, he said, basically, he said, you said, you said, wild man was totally, the word was, Unrehoused, like you couldn't house Unrehousable. him. Unrehousable. He was living on Tempe Beach Park with the homeless people with a Rambo knife and a baseball bat. Looking for crystal meth. Well, that was constant. He had that constantly. <laughs> crystal meth and crap. No sleep for days. <laughs> and he took control of wherever he goes. He takes control of all the street people and yeah. he has them all working for him and, and doing. <laughs> yeah. Even LA, same thing. People dropping off crack and rocks in the middle of the night. Give this wild man. Give this yeah. wild. We don't just arrived there. Did you you go in your house and wild man has got. Pimps and prostitutes, and you know, it's like yeah. James. I think said it was a normal day for me. That you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but unbelievable. And that's why people want to read your story. But we'll talk about that later. What's your nickname for James England? Big Shagger. Why? Um, it's funny actually because Brian Cockrell got married, and uh, James called him Big Shagger in Glasgow. It's a, it's a, it means um, a player. Like, go on, lad, Big Shagger. Right. Uh, and uh, James. It's handsome and good looking, and you know, Bante is coming. So, we always, James is always ringing me. He's going to come and stay a couple of months. We're going to go hiking. Um, and he's a good guy, James English. Yeah. He's got a heart of gold. Yeah. Um, you know, some people you can, energy comes off him, but you can actually look right through him and you think, I fucking love you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, he's got do you know what I mean? He, yeah. But uh, next time you see him, Big Shagger is James English's name. So, people watching this, please go and subscribe to Big Shagger's channel. <laughs> it's really rising right now. Yeah. So you said um, you were crackers back in the day. Was that with your fists or with weapons as well? Fists mainly, aye. Fists, fists uh, yeah. all the type of weapons, aye. Uh, little dusters, knives out. When these guys come in the club with guns, what's your protocol? Well, you've got us out of the way, didn't we? Uh, obviously, when I left, I got chased for about three months. Afterwards, for th three months, were I? Yeah. And I got dealt with, got sorted. Um, yeah. There was another one who was a lad. There's a cage bar, that's how wild it was. You, mm. fuck, you didn't know where you were. There was a kickoff and sorted out. And this lad, bless him, he only went to tap us on the shoulder. And I was up there hating, I turned and I fucking whacked him, didn't I? And I just knocked him. You don't want the one, yeah? Nah, and he, he cracked his head on the floor. And he was in a bad way. And his, uh, his dad was in jail, seeing he's kind of fucking sort us out and that. I says, tell his dad he'll get the cunt now. And he gets yeah. to <laughs> So mm. I didn't even ask him, you know, this bloke was. And we were standing, we're standing at the door and he's, nah. And you'll go, you and I, and he come down now whenever we're with you. 
He fucking pulled a gun on us. I was only this far away. I was like, oh, wow. But, you know, I managed, to sort, shit, it? managed to sort it out, aye. He was going to pop us out, aye. aye. Mm. Going back to your boxing as a teenager, when you did your first fight, is there an adrenaline spike? Is the fear of you already managed to control that? From... Do, do you know? Do you... <coughs> it's funny, I can never remember getting really nervous on any fights. You didn't only get only a couple of fights. See, back in the day, Jamie will mm. tell you, back in the day, you used to win as a spare. Yeah, that's I used to box all the time. So, spare. if you were meant to box, I never had that chance that I was actually on a bill. So they just called you then? It's all right? changed. It's all changed. It's now. So you, you, you turn up with shows and I'll be in as a spare and then you think, ah, you're not getting on. There's your meal mm. ticket away. Yeah, What's yeah, a boxing? Yeah. And then you get told you're boxing and you're like, ah, shit. And this night, this night I was boxing, fucking, I went in as a spare and I'd wait in a few times as a spare and you just think, ah, right, really for me meal ticket we'll watch the boxing. Yeah. Fairly, it's like the football, like being a sub, in it. Aye, yeah. Somebody yeah. Just yeah. pulls out and put in. Mm. They went, "Fairby, you're boxing twenty minutes." I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, <laughs> you haven't got time to be nervous, have you? <laughs> <laughs> time to get ready." So I can't really. I've only been nervous a couple of times over 130 odd fights. So. I think boxers train as well. You, you train through that, don't you? They know that the fit, mm. and it's like. I used to, no matter what, I used to always get butterflies just before I had to fight. Mm. I'd say, <coughs> as I train and that, and I'm all right like this, and then as I, as I start walking to the ring, I'm not nervous, I just, I kind of, like, with a zone, like, like, relaxed. If you've seen us box, I'm, like, I, yeah. didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get ten, tension up, I just relax. I've always wanted to ask a boxer, you know when you're lying down and they throw that fucking medicine ball on yeah. you, does it hurt, that? <laughs> no, because um, I've seen people crack the ribs of that. I went to Joe Walton's box club in Middlesbrough, and uh, I got it. On I was only about thirteen, banging. I got home, shorts were full of blood, Good and hell. the trainer dropped it on my, you know what? Yeah. I had to go to the doctors. On your dick? Yeah. And uh, and basically, I, I get out in front of my mum and dad and everything, and then. Oh, it was so embarrassing, but uh, it does hurt. It's funny you say that. Yeah, it's just one of the slams, isn't it? I always make sure you get in the toilet when I've had it. I used to like wind wow. the kids up in the gym and say, "This is this is to tense your neck muscles up. You've got a shot and head it." And some of them would be daft enough because boxers are the thickest people in the world. <laughs> Anna, do you so know what I mean? I've had kids on the pads and I've I've left you know and they've hit themselves in the face. I told one kid in the gym I was training like years ago that Back to the Future was based on a true story. Boxers are really thick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I, I had just... somebody tell me in a boxing club that they thought, they thought the Titanic was actually a fucking story. They didn't know it was real. Yeah, but mm. the, so for some of the funniest jokes, so it is real. Some of the funniest, <laughs> <laughs> some of the funniest banter ever is when I like when I was in the army or in boxing gyms, and it's always uh-huh. funny because everyone always take the piss out of people. Do you know what I mean? So yes. Yeah. So long did it take for your dick to heal? I was only a kid. Um, God, uh, it was actually quite a bad, bad way. It was really, really embarrassing. Mm, Asian doctor come out and, and uh, yeah, I get out in front of my mum and dad and all that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the God, you know. And some of my mates will remember that, and I was just covered in blood. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, I snapped uh, my banjo string once. That was well, that was like that. Bleeding exactly all down my suit and everything. Yeah. yeah, but obviously I oh, did. You snapped your banjo. I did. Yeah, that's exactly what the blood was. But yeah. obviously, I presume I did it in a different way. How you done it? <laughs> 
Wasn't it better so bad? I was only 30. He's got red. I just covered I'm splitting Jap's eyes wider with a fucking taser gun. What? Yeah, the taser. Some bird was with in America. Used to like taser and me. So I'd like I'd get a clit out and taser her. She'd come and she'd curry. And I like, mm. I put it on my balls and liked it. I put it on my jack one day and pissed and it fucking split a little tiny bit like Can I just say now, I can only imagine what Peter Mahoney's book would look like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like I put it on my page last night and Peter was just like, Wow, Jamie, oh yeah. Like, you know, and all the stories we were talking about earlier about being on crystal meth and he was there to guard it, but he ended up doing it all in. <laughs> it's like it's like a film. Do you know what I mean? It's like you are gonna be my gift to the world next year. Thank you, we appreciate that. Do you, know I mean? <laughs> Do you know like Ricky Gervais had an idiot abroad? Uh, I've got Peter Mahoney. So like, well me and Sean have got Peter Mahoney. I didn't use some witness. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who worked for me was under the instructions when Wild Man shows up and says Sean said to give me some drugs or give me some money. If you give it him, it's on you. Because mm. he's just going to fucking do it all. Mm. Well, I was a cunt. I'd wait for his dealers to go and drop it off. And then I was his collector. So I'd go and knock on the door, say, have you got the money? He said, I've only just got the drugs. I said, oh, give me some of the drugs then. Mm. Sean said, it's all right. So I'd get some off him. And then a the week later, he'd go and collect for it. He said, but... I said, well, where's all the fucking money? He said, I'll give you like, so many pills. I said, oh, I can't remember that shit. Come on, fuck off. Trying to wind me up, aren't they? <laughs> so take the drugs off and we're making pay for it. <laughs> I watched a thing the other day and you said, back in the day, back in the day, me and, me well, and Wildman, how many ecstasy, yeah. I think James English said, how many ecstasy did you take in one night? And you said, well, me, me and Wildman used to try and outdo each other 30 a weekend. Yeah. But with MDMA, you only get so high. Yeah, that's a Do you know what I mean? So, but I can only imagine some of the stuff you've got to tell me. On days, Saturday, I'd wake up with a big fat crack rock. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd get on next week. And meth. And then I'd go to Circle K, get a couple of 40s of Old English or King Cobra, like malt liquor, and a bottle of brandy. So then I'd just smoke weed for a bit, and then I'd get back on the meth for a bit, and then I'd have a big fat rock. And then I'd think, ah, I'm going out having to collect or to tax or to, just going out for a bit. So I'll go for a wander and like fucking just get lost. You come back two or three days, no yeah. shoes. Yeah, yeah. Shoes all broken open, his feet all blistered. Wide eyed. God. One one time he went in the house and ended up fucking getting arrested. Just walked in a random house. Well, I thought it was just where he house. was. Or he was where he was. <laughs> and some of these houses in America look exactly the fucking same. Mm. So I just walked through the fucking, <laughs> fucking door. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> get out! That's great. Said, oh, sorry, wrong house. Look at the police were there then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Gary you um, turned professional at what age 18, 19 uh, how did that happen then how was that <clears throat> what was it um, I kept getting asked to turn pro by Paul Fisk and that and, uh, who used to box for Tony Conroy and, uh, and at the finish cause I, I think I, I went as high as I could <coughs> as amateur and, uh, I, and I missed the ABAs so it was pointless to just keep boxing yeah and uh, and I was thinking wait I'll give it a go so I went through to Sunderland, to try Tommy Conroy's gym in Sunderland, who was the, who was the manager for Paul Charters, Terry French, John Davis, no four for the world title and that. 
uh, and I'd done the ring test and with the Buchanans and that were there, Danny Meyer and that. Andrew. And, <coughs> well, turn pro, uh, pro for him. Um, basically, it was for the money and just to sell for Kukan. But it was hard for me because <coughs> I had a burn on the way. Mm-hmm. And I was working five days a week and I was doing like four nights on the doors as well, four or five nights on the doors. Yeah. So, it's no know, life for a professional fighter, is it? Nah, so, and then, back then there wasn't any sponsors. Mm-hmm. No exposure, do. there was no Steve Riff on the scene. <laughs> nah, that wasn't. Wasn't. So you don't get paid per fight, you wouldn't <coughs> get paid weekly no matter if you fought or not? It's per fight. I remember it would have just been per fight, but like... You'd get about 500 quid and obviously... 500 quid back you'd, then. You'd get about 350 by the time you... Your seconds and your manager took you. Now if you turn pro, you get like twelve, thirteen hundred quid a fight. You, yeah, journeyman gets thirteen, fourteen hundred quid a fight. I was getting five hundred, five hundred quid a fight. Mm. Okay, sounds like a lot of money, but then ring girls. It was an hour. I was making more through the week. Yeah, your job. I wrote a book last year um, called Tales of Pugilism. If anyone knows, <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically that was, it was, you know, people think why do people get punched in the face for a living? There's twenty people. A um, few people in the book, I think it might have been on here, but um, basically, you know, it's, among the Sky Sports glamour of the lights in the small halls, it's a dirty doggy dog oh, world. And, um, you know, there's no money in it. There's, no, there's, money in it there's no money in it. Um, Steve Rafe, who's. Um, boxers, the poor, poor boxers now, now even nowadays, local yeah. <laughs> boxers are under far too much pressure yeah. to fucking sell tickets. I know lads, good lads. A box on local shows, mm. and I actually had to pull four or five hundred quid out of their own pocket mm-hmm. to pay yeah. for the, the so many and, tickets. And did for one of his fights in a Polo Hagen did it as well. I just did Steve in box Riff. for nothing. I've just did Steve Rave's book, Every Boy's Dream, again. That's <laughs> a joke, uh, No, I did do. But um, Steve said, you know what? After three months of promoting a show, tickets, everything, if you come out with 500 quid at the end of it all, you've done well. And them guys, people like that, you know, you um your Neil Fannins, your Mal Gase, your Steve Race, your Reg Longs, they're doing that literally for the love of the game. There's yeah. no big money unless you, you sign for Eddie Hearn and you've won the Olympics or the Commonwealth. There's no big money in boxing, is it? Boxing, no. no. That's why a lot of people have turned down licence. There's yeah. more money in unlicensed. Yeah. I did. Um, That's why I've done it because there's yeah. more money in unlicensed. Yeah. Dominic Negus. And the best you get, the more of a knockout version you get, the less you get punched in the face, isn't it, as well, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I did um, Dominic's book a couple of years back and he said, I got more for the unlicensed. I was getting 15, 20 grand a fight. And when he was fighting all the others, and he was getting next to nothing. Yeah. So there's a massive difference, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy, man, isn't it? There's a massive difference in the skill level then, professionally. <coughs> Yeah. In skill level from amateur professional. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. Right. Right. That's why you've got to do like a ring test and all that, and there's got to be a member of the board coming and watching that. Yeah. Is there a lot of difference between boxing and like your type of boxing for the cover and stuff like that? And then the night like, sort of like UFF type <coughs> stuff. What's that UFF? You know, like it's where it's like. USC. Ultimate Fighting. Yeah, Ultimate Fighting. I had one of them once. Your elbows or anything. Ah, yeah, I fucking got chin. <laughs> <laughs> you wasn't expecting that coming to kick. <laughs> I, I had seven fights in six weeks, didn't I, in there? In what you call it there? Uh, I'd been clubbing. Yeah. And I, I, I was sitting in the pub the next day having me dinner. And I was still off cutting there. I got a phone call saying, Gary, would you fight? I said, it was Ian Cooper from Hartlepool. He's brilliant. Cool. And I, he, he fought John Pete, he won the ABAs. And I was a class pro. boxing, I was a I was Ian Cooper. I was a shit old cage fighter, I didn't know it was him, did I? In there. <laughs> a monkey <laughs> hanger. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They went, will you fight? Where are you? Um, how much in the CS 350 pun? And there, 
My wife has gone there, so I got shame for it. I went, now I watch Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I didn't realise the fucking. I watched Bruce Lee. Seriously. I worked a day or two and I was like, fuck, I'm fighting the night before. Mm. And I've had a rematch with Stevie Yorov mm. from Wales. And I've got a draw and I had two black eyes. And I turned up and I turned up at the show the next day. And uh, they were like, oh, what's your thing? What you done? And, that? and I just put on a load of lies. I was mm. more yeah. sports and that. <laughs> when was your last fight? I went last night. How did you go against Cooper? Because he, he actually yeah. fought Brian McGee, who was I, a world on, champion, and he was a proper uh, name. I know, I, I clicked on who it was, I went, fuck <laughs> it. I would have done that to run off. I didn't know who it was. So I was like, oh, I went, hello, you know, I went, I'm fighting you. He went, oh, I went, I'm Did you even do research on the fighters you were fighting? You didn't give a fuck? No, I didn't know. I had the money, weren't you? I didn't think Ian Cooper was going to be a fucking an MMA person. You didn't have the until a minute ago. Right? Yeah. So I saw fucking, he comes out. I had any MMA shorts, I fuck out. I come with a pair of boxing shorts on and... The baggy out there because they kick yeah. and stuff. Aye, yeah. Yeah. well, fucking out of these gloves on and uh, there was people coming in, man, with ankles fucked and everything. I'm on the pads, bam, 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 bam. And people are going, oh, you're looking good. I'm like, yeah, how would you do that? How would you do that? <laughs> oh, wow, I've never done this before. Mm. They went, you're kidding, you're me in an event, fighting Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> went, I've never done it. So in any ways, Cooper come out. He hired a shot one two and he, I got missed. He missed up with it, and I hit him with the one two and dropped him, mm-hmm. puggled, and I thought, get it, and I've done it, and I did not have to jump on him, but he pulled him quick, didn't he? Pulled his doom by my legs and fucking done his end. Fuck is that? You should oh. that work. Really. You know what I mean? He's fouling, ref. He was coming along the you know floor. Like? Have coming along the floor, grabbing legs. Have you seen two where Tong Po comes to the ring and he doesn't know? He thinks it's a kickboxing fight when it's all that Muay Thai. No. Yeah, it's Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He come along the floor. I'm like looking like I'm trying to him like that, and I had no clue. And he grabbed me legs, pulled us doing, start crowning his weapons, and I had him like that. I was fucking smacking him like that. And he could, he was hurting him, whacking him in the ribs. And his arms started giving way. I started fucking bashing, like, it didn't knock us either now, but like, I was pounding my head. And they stopped the fight, aye. Aye. Did you tap out? No, the ref stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them guys are mad. You see, words like, it looks like they're going to break their arm. Yeah. And if you don't tap out, they will break your fucking arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of days later, because he was meant to fight in Sunderland, and he went, he had a polluted, a concussion. Really? Aye, that's a concussion. I went, I've got a fucking bruise on my back like a tiger's foot. The two black eyes joined up into one. I was like, fuck. Kung Fu Panda. I got off on loads of fights after that. I mean, yes, I'm retired. I'm not doing that anymore. Aye. He's a good lad. Yeah, cool. He beat a lot of good people in the license as well. Really good. I think boxing, you, you're in your more, it's more professional, but you're in a better physique, I think. What's that, the boxing? Yeah. 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 It's quite, I'd say it's the best discipline, guy. Yeah. To get your body in shape and all that. <laughs> so your life was derailed by going to prison. Yeah. You want to give us a story of how that came about? Oh, well, basically, it was through my ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend. Uh, we'd split up and I was getting harassed. I mean, she was a season, she'd be Facebook slandering us and that. Um, and so I aim was just just to to go into town this night with him, and 
to ruin my life. So I was wanting to see us with nothing. Because I left. So I took the night off work. Um, and she's left the my kids in the house for, I think it was like a nine-year-old, an 11-year-old or something, watching my kids, you know what I mean? And I went round seeing it. And as I was leaving the house, him and her pulled up in a taxi with our friends. And they got out mouthing off while I fucking <coughs> battered him. And I pushed her, but obviously when I pushed her, she fell out and cut her And him, I fucking bust his face up and that. Yeah. And that's how I got locked up for that. Uh, I got two and a half years for it. I was in court with her. Uh, I, I thought I would have been married, but it was a nasty charge. Um, I had... Section 18, wasn't Section it? Section 18. There's no that. weapons involved, was there? You had circumstances, though, man. I know, I And I had, I'd uh, complained uh, about it twice to the police for harassment. Yeah. And um, so I, so I ended up getting jailed for that. But uh, George Reynolds said I was going to get off of it. I think they got you a bit harsh with the Section 18. It could have been. Mm-hmm. Section 20, one below. Yes, or but, uh, even a GBH. Yeah. George Reynolds, who he's with, was a, a very well known. You were Dolan the Football Club, he was a safe blower. Mm. George Reynolds, if you look at him. He's a millionaire guy. In a, well, bit, of a not, bit of a naughty guy in himself, wasn't he? Uh, he was up for half a million pounds <laughs> roughly when he loaned on a summit. He's selling you, he'd be alright, you'll get off. Mm. So they're sitting in court, right? In the canteen, and he's like, I sort of am. He knew me. And he went, uh, what are you up for, Gary? And I tell me then, you'll fucking walk with that. I'm telling you now. Yeah. He went, they've gotten out on me here. He says, I'm away now. He says, I'll see you when we're finished. <laughs> Next thing, fucking Gary Furby, I sentence you to... He was away, you, you had to walk down the stairs. No, no. <laughs> Gary Furby, two and a half, yeah, George Reynolds, you're going to do the now. They get three years he got. And oh, you got three years. They met each other again in Ackleton Prison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he was right, he said, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> 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 I've been Ackleton. <laughs> I was like, I didn't do it, and then what happened? I was fucking walking to do it again. And I was like, I mean, I went on from there to Wilson and that. Like. Did five months down there, man. Best Stossies ever. Get myself in the kitchen, get the Stossies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Big bums and peeing hand ones. I was in a home, like, like, when I got sent to I went to home house because the room was on well. lockdown. And my cousin had a bed there for us. It was on lockdown, so I got to home house. Like, uh, that's a naughty place, right? It there. is. I'd, Fucking, there's well, some nasty people there. I did two and a half years for street robbery. Stupid fucking story. I heard the guy was coming up with a hundred pills. Got a long story short. I thought, I'll befriend that cunt. So I got around the corner of this fucking little park and I just whacked him. And it ended up with the wrong guy. The guy I was looking for was like half a mile down the road. So as I whacked him, he dropped, he dropped about 280 or three pound in slummy. And change like so. I fucking, I sent him on his way and just fucking picked this up. I thought, like, oh, I'll get a kebab. So I got a kebab, and the next day, the fucking armed police come down my fucking house, boosted me door in, arrested me, let me out on remand, and they they, they, they doing me for the fucking robbery. It was section 18, and then went with street robbery for three quid. For three quid, yeah. And then they fucking turned around, and I went to court. And my solicitor said, and my barrister said, oh, you get away with this. He said, just, just say... It's frowned you know, upon that, though, because yeah, of the victim. Violence. And I, within, I, he had a clean record and all that, you know what I mean? He'd never been in trouble. Mm. And that bastard played on it. He said, yeah. like, oh, he, 
I can't even go out overnight time now. Nah, it's yeah. Roma, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, Home House Prison, when you said there, uh, is rough because um, it's I'll... probably about four mile outside of Middlesbrough. But obviously, I've lived in Glasgow at times. And, yeah. Um, I've you know grew up most of my life in Middlesbrough, and it is. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just on the outskirts now, looking in on the madness. But it is a it is a bad place, and um, maybe it's there. something in the smog. Maybe it's something at the Palmos. <laughs> Ackleton was crazy. full of fucking. My next door neighbour in their home house. He'd been in. I was on Charles Bronson was in when you were. Charles Bronson was in for the day. I had come in for the day. Put him on the ghost ship, the ghost train, you know, to break his spirit. Yeah, diesel therapy. He come up and he was getting Franklin. He was he goes at the end of my wing for one night. And um, 93 it was when I was in there. There was this guy next door to me. I was coming off a visit. It opened in 93. This guy come down. Little guy, here, like Harry Potter, as well. Picture me, like, yeah. He looked young as out, like a kid. And I was like, all right. And he was like, I will get me cat day. Cat day, and how long have you been anyway? In 33 years. Jesus. Okay, I was, but he looked about 15, this kid, and I was 16. I was, shut up, man, 33 years. He went, look at him, sure did these things. I fucking killed his family or something. He chopped his wife's head off and went shopping with her head in the bag. As you do. As you do, like. <laughs> so, do you that slowly? He chopped his wife's that head off. That was another guy. I do what? Another chopped guy. his wife's head off, put her head in the bag and went shopping. shopping with his went shopping with his mum's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife. Uh, it's Middlesbrough. No, Discounted. <laughs> it's normal, eh? Discounted. <laughs> I was on exercise and there was this guy, tall guy, grey hair. He's just in space, walking. Scary thing he was looking at him. Didn't really have much conversation. And the screw was like, yeah. He chopped his wife's head off, put it in the shopping bag, and went out shopping. Okay. Yeah, okay. in the bag. So that's the type of people I was in with, like, on, mm. on my thing. I had this guy called John. Um, he was reckons he was an IRA bomber terrorist. Mm. Yeah, he rigged himself up in the bed, him. His cattle in the bed and flooded his pad. Yeah. For the fucking but you meet um, <coughs> You think they'd get done in, but you know what? They've got a lot of fucking power, haven't they? They've got yeah. a lot of well, you, you'll know this, right. Peter. Um, you will as well. Uh, Sean will pop my... But you, you, don't you learn some amazing things in prison? Oh, yeah. Like, like, um, skills. like tying strings and putting them along and shotting them. Shooting uh, the fishing lines. Yeah, people chopping matches and half, and you'd sat there thinking, you'd learn so much, don't you? Yeah, it's like, you it's like a, it's a lot like of wasted like talent. Crafting, yeah, is, absolutely. It? So creative, yeah. and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Uh, you do learn stuff, don't you? I, yeah, it's amazing. Making poor stags in your yeah. cattle. And yeah. yeah. I did five months in Walton, five months in Ackington, Morpeth, Northumberland. Yeah. And I did. I finished off in um, <coughs> Home House, Dr. Ronty's. Yeah. But Marklinson was the best because I got in the kitchen. I liked the big stotties. But I liked the place because at the time you could have like your own duvet and a walkman bringing in. And I like it in the you'd open way. your window and that and like, you know, you see the grass and it's like there's no bars on the window yeah. and like that. Was all right, Ackleton, wasn't it? Yeah. I like that. People said it was rough like but I didn't see the rough side. It was, it was dirty when I was and it was dirty. Mm. I had a job in the kitchen as well, like I she get a full English every morning. Oh, yeah. You had to uh, serve the nonsense, but so what? I didn't care. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I swapped them. I there was, there was cooks once, man, spat and all the sandwiches. <laughs> I <laughs> to the nonsense and fucking rubbed it out and they gave it to their wing. <laughs> so I had to serve it and people. I used to buy up the, like, the knives they'd give you, you know what I mean? You had big numbers on them and you'd ask for your fucking ID to get them. Big tag on them and everything. Yeah, yeah. Did you get a pillow in UK prisons? Um. No, not really. Well, they have nowadays. I think they have a mattress. Yeah, 
well, as the pillar builds in. Mm. I haven't. No, I had a pillar when I was you in. Had a pillar. Have you? Mm. I, I haven't been in trouble for fucking ten years. So mm. I wouldn't know how. Mm. Ever since I've been home, I've never been arrested. I've had an eighty pound fine for having no seatbelt on, and that's it. Mm. So, what was your routine in prison? Then were you training? Nah, not until about three weeks before I got out. Yeah. To be fair, do you know what I done? I fucking it was a break. For, I know it's, it sounds silly. It's not a good thing to do. You got in the jail. Yeah, I done what I done. I regret it. It was a pure mistake. But it was a bit of a break for us. Like for first us. over jails, it's a bit like a holiday camp. Because I had such, had such a hectic, busy life outside beforehand. Yeah. So, and Time to chill. It was a chill out, aye. Nobody uh, could get a hold of you unless it was a letter. Yeah. Nobody could get a visit, like visit unless you issued a visit. And nobody could ring you unless you rang them. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was like a bit of a time out, really. Like. The other gym there, it's only a small gym. I went a couple of times. I think really, I just, well, some, a couple of brothers, Cole brothers that were called from Newcastle. They asked me to go and just like spot them. Mm. And they said, look, they might be getting some trouble for these, like a guy from Sunderland. Can I have the back and the fucking. Is one of them Tony Cole? Tony Cole. Um, he's the one who shot Lee Duffy. Danny first Cole. He's from Blagway. Uh, he was arrested, obviously. What, one shot him in the foot? Tony. No, the knee, the first yeah. time. Yeah. Tony Cole, Anthony Cole, it was. Uh, that's a factual because I've read all that. I was in jail with him in Ackland. He was back in for. Uh, he shot shot Duffy in December yeah. the 27th, uh, 1990. Uh, obviously arrested, put on, yeah, put on remand. Another one, Palmer as well. Palmer, that's who I was in with. Yeah, that's him. And uh, obviously, Lee Dad and everyone. You know, which I'm, I'm going to tell you about tomorrow. But um, you tell me that. <coughs> one, do you know Summer? Does he have a, does he have a brother who likes like salt and pepper? He was younger than him. He was blonde, blonde. Yeah, yeah. Palmer, um, tell me that. Yeah. I was in jail. But um, Pace no, and blue eyes. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, it's funny actually. Because I was talking to him. Um, Pretty big. I was talking to Neil Booth and um, it was Duffy's best mate. And, um, it's a small world, and he, isn't he, it? he basically. <laughs> <laughs> Duffy was in the magistrates the same time as they were up and they literally walked past each other. And, uh, you know, if he'd have seen him, then. Yeah. The, uh, but it's funny you should say that because what you just said there about prison being kind of. You can relax and be quiet. I spoke to Chris Lambiano, I was going to do his book, and he said, you know something? He said, even though I'd done 15 years. He said, I miss it, because once that door closes, there's 600 people, no one's interested, and it's, you've got your own time, and, so, and no. now I'm out, and I've got cars, I've got responsibilities. Sometimes I feel like going back. No. Like, obviously, you've, you know what I mean? It's, That's the thing, it's escape the countryside. I yeah. Do. Yeah. I slept half my time away, kept on getting these, well, that's what totally like cool. Then got me Tamajizics, twos and fours. Right. Yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, spent all his commissary money on brownies. <laughs> One day, literally ate like fifty brownies. No, I was in America. Ridiculous. That in America, yeah, yeah. I was in Atkinson. You got paid twelve fifty for being in the kitchen. It was good fucking way. God, it was a fucking tenner when I was in. <laughs> we just went to <laughs> eleven quid, ten, eleven quid, or something. You get stutty every day, and you'd get like a fucking. Cook your own breakfast. I fucking lovely, like you know what I mean. I had Charlie Towns, mate, having fucking battered fish under the roast here, isn't that? <laughs> get the fish out and stick the fish out, yeah. <laughs> so, what made you become an unlicensed fighter in your 20s and what belts did you win now? Um, what happened was, was for the pro boxing and that, and there was just like Steve Riefast us to the fight in London on old Joey Pyle, like Joey Pyle Cena and his shows. Um, well, I did, and there was, there was more money involved in it. It was and big at the scene, it was around 2005, uh, it was Joe Pyle. 2003 to 2005. Alexander 
Palace. It was it was Dave Caesar's Caught Palace was there, Joe Palace, he a big promoter, I've heard of his name. His dad's father wasn't um, big promoter. Yeah. Joe died in two thousand seven, but there's young Joe's um he's doing all that unlicensed stuff oh, now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I used to be what Ekala boxed on Joe Pell's senior shows and there was more money involved <coughs> in it. Yeah. And uh it was good. I've I've won the Royal Show belt on my third fight. Uh Roy present you that? Represented as I. I think boxers who've got promoters who've fought, we pay the we pay the fight as well, won't we? As long as we aren't trying to make a fucking killing out with you. Mm. There's but, a lot of different belts, is there? Uh, yeah. You know, there's governor belts, but the the real ones, um, was the Lenny McLean one and the Roy Shaw, Norman Buckland, yeah. and you actually won that belt, didn't you? That What's original the, one, the, the, Royal the the governor belt. Uh, the governor belt. Are they heavyweight? Yeah, heavyweight. It's anywhere, like it's and and it's heavyweight, but anyway, really. Because I see coming your fights, you're fighting some lumpy guys, some big guys, like you know, uh, right? you're uh, not going to spark out. I'm little, little for a heavyweight, wanna? Little for a heavyweight. Um, I never thought I, I didn't look like I didn't think you were heavyweight. I, I thought that just the governor thought you could come in at heavyweight, <laughs> but I, I'm thinking now, looking at your fights, you don't, you didn't, you don't, you didn't look like a heavyweight. You know no, what I mean? Fourteen, fifteen stone. Well, when I had the burn up for the governor fight, that was uh, thirteen stone twelve. I come in at. I come doing like fifteen half stone. You fought someone twenty-one stone once, and you were like thirteen stone. <laughs> I the fight, can I? As long as you can move away, were you faster than you as well? Lord, I fought, Lord, Lord, Lord. I fought Land Leeds twenty-four stone. Fucking hell. The tellers, this is. You might as well have fought Brian Cockle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie, the ring was tiny, man. It was a fucking <laughs> tiny ring in a social yeah. club. And uh, me and Bernard O'Hagan went down in the social club leads and they went, oh, your guys are like, over 20 stone. And I was like, shut up, man. Fucking taking their piss and I'm looking around the room, mate. I think it's near one hour, yeah, 20 stone. Like, Wind us up, you know? This kid, man, this kid was like, nah, jab out the hood. <laughs> Seriously, I guess in the ring, mate. And this fuck, you had four bellies to come like that. I said, fuck, and Sounds like me. Seriously. Yeah. I'm yeah. 27 still. So it was literally, you were just wide. The ring was tiny, I went, I, can't, I couldn't run away from him. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. I got beyond points. I couldn't run away from somebody. You me? I, I couldn't run away from him. Uh, just calling him, you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> Try jabbing him. He, he just went. He put his arms up like that, well, he had near neck, he was just... Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No. Fucking body shots just didn't even touch him. And fucking... Just settled uh, him. Just couldn't do out. And he just got a couple of steps, the ring was tiny, and the social club. Fucking boxes up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so did you have to come up with a new strategy for fighting people that big? Fucking Don't hell, fight him. back. He's <laughs> 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 too big for me. <laughs> I'm ill. <laughs> I got paid well for it, like, but... After the fight, people got out there and went, yeah, mate, you've got some bars doing that. Like, <laughs> and when I didn't believe it, I didn't mm. believe there was anybody here about 20 stone, like 24 stone. Fucking never. You so, mean Bernard, my coach, was like, what the fuck, I thought they were lying when I thought they were I'll carry them. Do you think it'd be easy to beat, though? You could just think, ah, oh, just give a couple of body shots. With him, like, <laughs> body you know shots mean? didn't fucking, made, didn't affect him. And now, as soon as went through went, his first belly, second belly, but his third belly fucking... He, and then now when he went like that, when he went like that, he was just a big fucking donut, man. You, had to, <laughs> you, you, couldn't, you couldn't hit his head, man. You couldn't hit him. I tried hitting him. I was like, what the fuck am I doing, Alex? So what about fighting Paul Venice? What was that like? And and what's what's his background? Paul Venice is, uh, well, 
Paul Venice fucking. I'd had a few fights and uh, I took the fight short notice. He was a young kid. Young kid, he was about 19 year old. Knocking everyone out, wasn't he? Um, he was flattening every cunt. And I took the fight to two days notice or something. Comes in, I was like, I know who Paul Venice was. Like, mm. Went down, fought him. Uh, Why, well, fucking nick a punch. I tell him. Yeah. I think as well, well, you sent me on the way here, you thought you were going to be. I thought I was going to be like Michael Watson. <laughs> you thought it was an axe in your head or something. Was <laughs> I, I was remember to this day, it was like, did I have you put like a cold a knife in the freezer? And imagine getting it through you. <laughs> and I was grabbing it like, and you feel it ice cold. That's what it felt like through my head. Um, and I think it was off. I'd had, I've had a lot of fights. <laughs> I don't two that week in Alice Summit as well. But it could have been the effects of that, but no disrespect to the man. The man hasn't got a fucking lethal punch like. And we went to war. Um and I was the only person. I didn't know afterwards I was the only person that gone the distance with him, like. You've never went the distance out. since. Knocked everybody out. In about thirty one fights. No, he knocked everyone out. No even tell us he went, and he couldn't that went the distance for me. Mm. <laughs> 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 he went after that and made us realise and think, fucking hell. Respect that, like, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, we get on, we get on good. We get on, we, we get on, men. and it's mad we've never seen each other for ten years. I've told ten, twelve years, and knew he's Lee Duffy, and I'm gonna be Viv Graham in the, in the, in the film. Wow. Arch rivals, and it wow. was crazy. I got a phone call saying, "Gary, will you play Viv Graham?" Where are you? Are you good with lines and all that? Or <laughs> I don't know where he's with movies. You used to be good on the lines, but. <laughs> 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 Not the white lads. <laughs> <laughs> Sick of them now. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, uh, acting thing—it's—it's it's not about—it's not about scripts. Like, mm. uh, I mean, me and Paul. It was funny because I—I got a phone call for the fifth game, and I says, "Who's, who's playing <coughs> Lee Duffy?" And then, oh, there's a lad from Middlesbrough. It's a ring of him. Paul Venice. Like, Paul Venice? But yeah, I had a fight with him years ago. They went nearby. And I did, I said it was on YouTube for years. Mm. And um, But Paul had to take it off when he turned pro, K1. They went, really? They went, how ironic is that? Like, I'm it's playing Liv and he's playing Lee Duffy. And we both shared the ring and mm. 12 years ago. So like. Wow. And when he funded it was me playing Viv, he was exactly the same thing. Fucking how mad is this? And um, we get on, we get on good. But as the, for the acting, it's like um, you get tell the scenario, and you've just got to go, go over a few times. There's near lines, there's near lines to it. You've just got to use your brain. I think it's just a small world. It's fucking crazy. Mm. I just mentioned a story there when I was in Ackington about yeah. going to the gym with these guys, and I mentioned the guy, and like he's like fucking mad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, mm. What about fighting Gypsy Jimmy McCrory? <laughs> Jimmy McCrory, I um, was quite a good fight. Me and Jimmy were meant to fight a few years beforehand and it never come off. Gypsies are generally good fight. Gypsies in Irish, especially Irish gypsies. It, uh, it was a fight that it was a fight everybody wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, and I'd never boxed for three years, and uh, Jimmy had been through his problems, like up and down through his problems. I mean, he's he's looking good now. He's he's got his health back to normal, and we're good friends, me and Jimmy. And uh, we ended up boxing each other. Um, something that the fans wanted, and we just got in there and done it. And we, we entertained the crowd and we set the place out. It was quite good, quite good. So, do you get the urge to fight now? I've been asked to fight. I'm, nah, I can't be bothered with it. I've, 
I've done that and I come back again after two years and I've won the governor title, uh, which makes an official governor, me and Norman Buckland. Um, and I won that other belt the day after the day, day one. Um, uh, I've got nothing to prove, to be fair. Yeah. You know when to stop, don't I'm you? I'm 40 year old, I'm 41 coming up this year. If you carry on and carry on, you're going to start losing, losing. And all and that good which you've done. And you can get hurt as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I noticed the last couple, five fights I had, training, I didn't enjoy training, man. I was fucking... Mm. It, it, it ruined my life, to be fair. But when you're young, you don't feel it, do you, really? Uh, it, you didn't realise how much stress you kept yeah. putting on you. Training-wise, Jimmy, mm. yeah. And then fucking, what was it? I mean, the day before the governor fight, I, I, I was acting in my training and that, and I went out and got wrecked. Yeah. Which isn't a very good thing to do. I was lying in a bath in the morning, three hours sleep, with a shower blasting on, I was like that. Sending me mate to fucking Burger King and that. <laughs> yeah. I was fighting for hours. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's, 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 it's the stress. And we also like McDonald's and other burger places. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I want to get sponsored by the like, McDonald's. And, and after doing them two fights, I thought, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, like. it's, um, it's a very unforgiving sport boxing. So it if your heart's not in it, then yeah. I've, I know. Um, I've done it to prove a point. That's what I've done it for. Yeah. I didn't do it because I enjoyed it. My last five fights like, with Jimmy and uh, when I fought Hawthorne, Jimmy and Bentley, and then I come back and I fought for the governor and then fought Billy again. I didn't do it enjoy it. I'd done it because I fought a happy. You get a lot of professional-minded people now. Uh, the last thing they'd want to do is go and fucking have a drink before a fight or even have sex and shit in it, you know what I mean? Aye. Well, I was opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rag what you want and drink what you want. <laughs> yeah, nah. And I've and, and done them too, and then we last two fights, and people are like, how the fuck did you do that? I said, well, I tell you, I did it. It's an agony like, but crippled, but I. Now, now I'm definitely not going to fight anymore. So we had Stephen Sayers in here talking about the Newcastle crime family, mm. and I'm helping them do their audiobooks right now as well. Mm. They should be coming out soon. What was their reputation like? Back in the day, and yeah, still yeah. now, still yeah, now, yeah. still never this year. As I've known uh, John Michael and Stephen for years, um, <coughs> fucking, they had the right reputation, and they still got a reputation. They ruled the roost, like they ruled the roost. Um, for there was a big member, and they got out of jail. And Tony Sears come down, and asked us to work the door for them for when they got out of jail. It's sugar. And I knocked it back because I was on that fucking under thingies myself, investigations myself. Yeah. And uh, when the fucking. Mix of the wrong company wouldn't do you any good, would it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. when they were sitting in the sugar nightclub, there was fucking loads of police who'd say, watching all sorts, everybody who went in. We, we made work the door when Gary was unbelievable. Even. Uh, Surveillance. Sort of, uh, the, the, all the ones like. All the ones. So a lot of these big names are dead now. Viv Graham, Lee Duffy, Raul Moe. Yeah, Raul Moe. I used to work, I work with Raul. He worked with Bu at Buicks on times, cover shifts at Buicks and that. And he used to work at Robinson's, which turned into Liquid Envy. You used to call him Action Man, didn't you? Action Man, J.I. Joe and that, aye. Used to probably, used to probably have his life in that. Was he a fighter or was he just a bit Not bad? really, was he? Not really, no. Bully. No. Bully. A bully. Um, you, you turn up with uh, combats on. Right, you used to turn boots. up with tight black top on, right? Now black black combat boots and black combat pants and that. Fucking hell, like that. You used to go, fucking hell, he has J.I. Joe and that. 
Ten, year, ten years this month, that, you know, when he went on the rampage. Do you want to explain to people watching it who he is and what happened? Uh, do you know, <clears throat> it's funny, because I've just done you shot Steve's book, yeah. and there's a story in there about um, Steve Rafe being, being with first? Paul Gascoigne, like, during the day, <laughs> and uh, saying, yeah, Gazza. Gazza was having his wobbles, and he was saying, look, and he was ringing Steve, and he's saying, right, just relax, I'll get Jimmy Five Bellies to come and see you. So this was during the day. So Steve went to um, he went to some kind of function, some Newcastle United do, and he was in the doing at the bar on Sky News. Ral Mort has gone on the rampage after killing people, and Gazza's turned up with a fishing rod, chicken, and Steve Rave's like, I was talking him a couple of hours ago. And the thing is, um, Gazza was asking um, Steve Rave about Ral Mort. So when he seen him on the telly, he was like, I can't fucking believe that. He was only asking me about him a couple of hours and he's turned up. Uh, obviously, Gazza's said the next day he, can, he didn't even have any memory. He turned up with his dressing gown on. Um, obviously, he had um, mental health issues, but... Um, Gazza's in Paul Gascoigne, part of Gazza, yeah, football player. Yeah, yeah. Paul Gascoigne's Gazza. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. Um, but um, to answer your question, Sean... I dare say um, it's probably been the biggest manhunt the North East has ever seen. It's the biggest manhunt the country, um, the country's ever he seen. He shot, <coughs> got, got out of Durham prison, yeah. was telling people his girlfriend got with another man. She he's, said that, didn't she? He's she telling people, when I get out, I'm going to do this, going to do that. He should have been gate arrested. The warning signs were there. Um, he wasn't. Um, he was to be abusive to women Yeah, well. uh, he, he tortured a lot of his, his girlfriends. I used to work with one in the bar, and uh, this lovely lass, Donna, and uh, he got with her when she was young, and he used to make her train constantly. Even though she was now on us, a beautiful woman, he used to make her train all the time and put her down and fly. Not a nice kid. And you wouldn't think that when you've seen him out mm. on the train or working with Sadistic. him. Sadistic. He had a... He had a, he had a Dark side. Yeah, and um, he killed basically. Got out, shot his girlfriend. Um, she, su she, she survived. Shot the boyfriend. Walked over. Shot him again. That that finished him off. Uh, then he rang the police and said, "This is the gunman from Berkeley last night. I'm hunting officers. Seen the police officer an hour later. Shot him. Landed him. I think he hung himself a few years yeah, later." Yeah. Um, and then obviously he ended run. up, he, he, he was on the run for a week, uh, landed up in Rothbury and the rest is history. Basically, you know. It's the most expensive Ten days, was it British ten days or something like that? And literally, and the it was biggest massive. In British history. Ten, ten years this year. How did he die? Uh, basically, um, he had a gun to his head for like hours. Um, and the police obviously wanted him alive. They were trying to reason with him. Um... I know someone who knows a hell of a lot about the case, and he said basically the police tasered him first, and that split second he knew, and he basically shot himself. They rushed him to the hospital, but he uh, he never oh. recovered, and he, and he died. Ah, they say the police wants him alive, a bit half of them wants him fucking dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, of course. Imagine it. Yeah, yeah. Did he kill one of their own? Kill what? Sorry. He shot the cop and blinded him. Yeah. yeah, and then I, I remember when that guy killed himself. He killed himself a few years after. Um, his wife left him and he just basically struggled with life. Um, couldn't cope. Um, David Rathband, the officer's uh, name was, and he hung himself about three years afterwards. 
Uh, very sad, Bloody terrible. Hell. And do you know the thing is, there was two lads helping um, Ral Moore out in them two weeks when he was. He was them, got, them got Ral sentenced, didn't they? Well, listen. One got twenty. One got twenty-two, twenty-three years, and one, Carl Ness, got forty years. Conspiracy was it? But they were like helping him because they were like giving him sleeping bags, and he was living in someone's greenhouse eating the tomatoes. Um, But that Carl Ness was something like was in his twenties. Forty years recommendation. Yeah, conspiracy. Because he's dead in it, so they give them the sentences. You know, was it it worth it? Basically, he's ended his whole life. Being so stupid, helping someone out. Girls, so was helping me. I'd rather stay in the house and eat burgers, not fucking mm. tomatoes in the greenhouse. Fucking tomatoes. You were banned from Newcastle for six years. How come? Because uh, when I got into jail, I was working the door again, but I was working the door with Neil Badge, really, and uh, come on top, and, uh, and plus the police didn't like us and all that. So I, I wasn't allowed to work in Newcastle for a few years until. Things got sorted and I was loaded again after like six years. You couldn't get your badge after you'd been in prison anyway, uh, could you? Six years, I reckon. Five. What is it? But I got six. If you, if you are convicted in racism, <sighs> drugs or sex offences, then you'll never get it. Yeah. Gary was obviously so like, hey, sex offences, so he never got it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so, um, plus with like, police harassment and all that as well. Getting harassed yeah. off the police over the years and that. And the people start... Because you got named, do people try and fight you still? Like on the they streets? Did I? They did I? Since when I went back to Newcastle, fucking people were wanting to have a shot at us again because I'd been away for so long. And because, like I say, I wasn't a big fucking lump. Must have thought, you know, plus I was like, looking older and that, and fucking all, all they were shot. And all Zag is You all squared up again. You stupid bastards. And I squared up again. I was sick every, every weekend going, yeah, I'm covered in blood, man. My wife used to fucking remember that shirt. It's like, fucking when's this going to end? I had about six or seven weeks of that, like, constantly, like... Better to stay in and get a drink in. <laughs> I've, uh, Start trolling people. I didn't, I didn't get so much of that now, like... Mm. It's all right now. I, I keep a quiet life myself for many years now. And your plans for the future include writing a book with Jamie? I will, uh, I've been asked to write a book over the years, and I'm going to... I want to write a book. And yeah, yeah. Me and Jimmy spoke about it, and something I'm gonna do. Uh, hopefully, get it started by mm. when do you reckon it's gonna be like Christmas uh, just after. Well, I've got um, once I'm doing, I'm just doing my 17th at the minute in like three, uh, three months, and uh, well, I've just finished the Paul Sykes one. Um, once upon a time in Tisa, which Brian told you about yesterday. Yeah. Uh, train the Brian Cockerell way, which you can have a copy of, you know. Um. And then, to to be honest, I'm trying to um, I'm trying to get away from Teesside now because James English sent me the week. He said, "Jamie, you've completed it, and it's so close to home." So even though, like with the Lee Duffy ones, I left so much out, thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, their family are going to read this." I used I'm quite tactful. Um, but so you got to go like Butterway or Glasgow. Um, you're close to the border, aren't you? Newcastle, Witness. <laughs> Um, and you know I want to be Glasgow I want to be London I want to just expand yeah because um, I've done a lot of books in Middlesbrough um, boxing off really haven't you yeah the wrong, there's yeah. nothing really else to do um, you know and um, as I said you someone always gets upset and you know I mean last year when the, <clears throat> when the Lee Duffy documentary out there was I mean you get the trolled I get the trolled yeah. um, I get told since I've grown my hair I look like a lesbian which <laughs> I get, oh, that fat lesbian, there's a guy 
and he must have made about six accounts to tell me I look like a fat lesbian. So if you're watching, <laughs> He's got just, a I see your point. Mm -hmm. add, my, add me on your normal account and we'll go for a drink. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. do, you know, do you know what? It's like... He's my woman, fuck her off. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll talk about, obviously, another podcast, but, like, my wife started getting threatened, my kids have started oh. being threatened. That's when it comes to that. Uh, there's yeah. one failed author um, who goes around just sabotaging everyone I work with. Um, yeah, when I love my youth. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, and it's, people basically messaged me to tell me they hate me and they've never met me. Yeah. Getting messages from people at five o'clock in the morning from Bournemouth. And uh, I don't there, was, there was one guy last year and he, he was messaging saying, uh, oh, Jamie Boyle's this and he's that and he's a sexual deviant and a rapist and all this. So I was like, I felt attracted to him and I was like, where are you getting this from? And he's like, well, I've heard. And, and I was like, wow. Do you know what I mean? I'm just staggered. What's wrong with being a sexual deviant? So, Don't you know, you know, yeah. you know yeah. all I'm going to say is, like, I, I, I hope no one grasses me up when I die. <laughs> <laughs> as, long but, as, uh, as long as they're over 18. Yeah, but um, <laughs> honestly, it's, you know, sometimes when the wife says to me, Jamie, go get a job in Tesco if you can't handle it, because anything in life worth doing, it's going to come with, you know, you, you, you must get it. If you put yourself out there, you're going to have to yeah. accept it. Yeah, so um, we, we kill the trolls with kindness, though, don't we? Yeah, that's what yeah. Steve, Steve Rafe said to me. If you turn around and start with my wife, though, you fucked up. Yeah. She, she can kick the shit out of yeah. me. You might as well <laughs> keep, keep on trolling me, you know what I mean? Wild woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, this, one, this is like just my normal wife. Yeah. Wild woman, she was just fucking off her head. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> do, do you know what? It's a society we live in. Yeah. And listen, it's the 21st century. Um, Get a life. These podcasts, people go crazy for them. Yours, James English's, people, the massive numbers, people want to just lay on a Sunday and just, I do it, I watch them just most nights and, you know, people say stuff on YouTube and you're just like, Jesus Christ. I troll in. When he's down south and he's doing his Epstein and all that bullshit, mm. I'm like that, you're going to get killed. The Queen's going to send someone yeah. for you've you. Got to have, you've got to have a really thick skin and I said that with Gary. I said, listen, People are going to come out of the woodwork if you've done any any bad, um, you know, and you're going to get it. You oh, know, James, Josh Warrington, nicest man in the world. Um, Steve Rafe gets it in abundance. Um, James English, them three, I've had so much um, so much advice off them. And they've said, well, you know, and like Josh Warrington is, how could you not like him? How could you not like Ricky Burns? And, and they get it on a daily basis and you're like... Do you know what I mean? It's just like, wow, it defies human belief. Some, used, of the, some of the stuff that you get sent. Yeah, I used to fucking... At first I got mad, I'd, I'd, try, I'd find the IP addresses. I want to go kill them. Mm. But then now I'm just like, yeah, I'm very sorry if my way offends you. Um, mm. I'm trying to lose it. And at the end of after a while, if you'd be nice to like... Well, we might have been a bit hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I was just sort of like, you know... Yeah. I, I'm kind of sorry too. People are calling out, calling out the fight and all that. And yeah. That's why I come back and I've done the fights I had. And then people call you again to come out. And like, people say to me, like, your girlfriend and my wife and that was like, how many times can you keep coming back to shut people up? Best mm. just can't write. Well, I didn't even realise really this, but on the way here, there's this failed off who hates me because his book flopped and man's, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, no way. He messaged me wanting to fight me and I was like... 
<laughs> so this is the this is the temperament of people. It's you know what I mean? You're too little to be the governor. You know what I mean? So it's just like look me up. <laughs> look, his fate was terrible. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's people's lives. Them people, Peter, Sean, they don't even like themselves. No, do, do you know what I mean? Cry for help. <laughs> Josh Warren has said, Jamie, you know, and it's like. I've sat and listened to them, Steve Rafe, James English has been a massive help. Because uh, so I used to get down, and last year when I did um, I did the Lee Duffy documentary, um, I've been in the middles of papers 11 times in five, three years. Um, so obviously people say, oh, fat dickhead and all this. So when I've been in, I, I must have read comments, and a lot of my books are support registered charities at the Bradley Lowry Foundation, yeah. I pay them monthly in there. And uh, there was about 350 comments and 250 of them are bad. And I was reading comments That's actually from, from, drug, from drug dealers and crack dealers, heroin dealers, scum of the earth, biggest pieces of shit's walking. And I was reading these comments and people who I thought liked me were like, oh, yeah, he's terrible, him. And I was just like... Hey, envy, I mean? envy as well. You know what I mean? But th that's what I mean. It's like out there and people are like, you know, people just hate you for you no let reason. it go right over your life. You know, but that's, it comes with kind of... <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, just saying fucking... Yeah, yeah, go over your head. You're not who your genuine friends are, and you're not who the ones I click. It's yeah. a shock to your system, I think. How did you first? Obviously, you know, you were quite bad with it. But yeah. were you were like Sean when people were saying. Oh, in the beginning, you have an emotional reaction. Yeah, because I've had days when I've been in bed, just for days. Yeah, yeah. Is and then yeah, um, yeah. over time, you learn that nothing is going to be successful without these people. The most watched video on this channel has got 5.6 million views, mm. 35,000 likes. 10,000 dislikes mm. and I had to disable the comments because they were so bad, bad. Mm. but it's that controversy and that interest because like your fans right they see those negative comments they come and put other comments on those comments supporting you mm. and YouTube says ooh people are interested in this video and then they promote it to more mm. places. So the trolls actually help you get viral. Yeah, that's what um, Brian said. There was a guy called, uh, he told it yesterday, so I'm not going to go over. But Oscar Wilde, I read a lot of Oscar Wilde, and there's a, there's a quote, I'm into my quote, me, and it, he said, there's only one thing worth being talked about, and it's not being talked yeah. about. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, you know, Paul Sykes' sister, and I've got this, this book, it's going to be a um, multi-million film next year. Supposed to start this year, COVID, God and COVID-19. So have that trolls. Yeah, put, um, <laughs> put it, but it is going to start. Um, and Paul Sykes' sister was in the book, put loads of things on, and, and I was like, wow. And, um, you know, it's, it's she was for it a few years back, and now it's kind of, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, um, but, you know, a lot of people in Wakefield, that's where I got the first dislikes from, because um, obviously you, you, Watched Paul Sykes at Large the other day for the first time. Yeah. And you, did you discover that character? I was just blown away yeah, by... Yeah, because that, that documentary alone, after three years of talking to people about Wakefield, <clears throat> I used to work on a building site, and the first person I ever met, after about six, six months, I went to him, and where are you from, Yorkshire accent? He went, Wakefield, I went, fuck off. Really? And I was obsessed with Paul Sykes for three years. And uh, after three years, 2015, I said, you know what, old my beer, I'm going to do this myself. And I walked into a book, walked into the documentary, met everyone, Delroy Showers. And uh, and that's what, you know, Ricky Gervais, Robbie Williams, Jamie Carragher, The League of Gentlemen, they've all bought that book. Um, yeah. Obviously, that was a post. I didn't even know I was going to be on today. <laughs> that's why I wore this. But, um, you know, it's, it's a fascinating character because here you have a man who... 
you know, university lecturers couldn't have held a torch to his education, but he was like Lee Duffy. He just had a passion for yeah, going around yeah. punching people's lights out. And uh, you're Incredible obsessed with Duffy, yeah, right. Sykes, aren't you? I mean, that's Duffy how. Sykes, right? Yeah, it's like I'd like to understand what goes through their head. What makes somebody like that? What? Why did Jack? You can the, connect. Why that. did Jack the Ripper go around <clears throat> killing the people? No, I like people like that because you can connect them. Yeah, connect and you know, obviously, sort of Sean, of the you have the, the true years. crime. Yeah. You, you're a good guy. Sean's got multiple degrees, but he's yeah. fucking evil. I'm the innocent you know, one. Look at his face. Boy yeah. next door. <laughs> Shane Taylor was the other day. He was a bad guy. Found good. So there's all Brian Cocker was a bad guy. Now good. So there's always that message. Of, the good guys, but they still knocked the you know fuck what? out of you. Bad why, why, why is Duffy? <laughs> Do you want to turn the other cheek? Duffy has been dead at 26 before he reached his prime. He'd have been 55 last month. He should have been a dad. Should have been a granddad. He's pushing up flowers in Essen Cemetery. There's no life. There's a guy. He should have had everything. Paul Sykes should have had everything. You lived by the He died in the gutter. Well, that was his favourite saying. Um, you know, and you know, Roy Shaw. Oh, they're all being bullied. You were bullied. Nah, Cocker was, was bullied. Dominic Negus was bullied. So they, they all become a product of their own environment. Yeah. Um, and it's a scary, scary thing. Um, but you know, it's it's. Um, why Sometimes the bully becomes the bully, don't the, the person that's bullied becomes the bully. Well, Duffy's a classic, classic, classic yeah, example. Um, and I'll tell you all about him. Obviously. Drugs don't help people. I mean, like, the crack will make you paranoid and shit. Yeah. If you're already a bit of a loon anyway, you have fucking a load of crack and that's it. You don't give a flying fuck, well, do you? You know, I put in the book, um, I think I worded it as something like um, boxing, athleticism, probably having an underlying mental disorder and cocaine are a deadly mix. You know, so when he's been out on crack all night, he'd be going to nightclubs, paranoid, and he'd be thinking, right, yeah. and he'd be punching five bouncers. And, you know, there was times in Duffy's life when he had nothing in his life, no money, no clothes, but all he had was that name in Middlesbrough, and there was no social media. He was a celebrity. He was, everybody knew who he was. Right. Um, that book I'll give you out there, The Hole of the Moon, it starts off with, I believe in Santa Claus till I was, um, hang on, what was it? I believe in Santa Claus till I was nine. I'd heard of Lee Duffy when I was eight. So I grew up in Middlesbrough and I knew of this man, Lee Duffy. Before Santa We owned the town of Middlesbrough before fairy tales. So I grew up and, you know, when he was, when I was 11, he died. And I will never for the rest of my life forget the feeling Middlesbrough was in a state of shock because this young lion, this young kid, had put the town through so much turmoil, chaos, mayhem. Um, that was and Viv got shot. Yeah, yeah. And it's, oh, you know. They were having parties as well, over well, the, the They were having literally street parties, you know, at the Queen's yeah. Jubilee. Um, yeah. It's crazy, but, but that's a fact. Do you know? And I've, I've found some stuff out in facts and I've. I thought, Jesus. You'd have a lot of people hated him. Yeah, that, yeah. Either. You know, but listen, whether you whether you loved him, whether you whether you loved him, you'll never forget that man's name. And either way, he's written his name in folklore. Um, you know, the experts say after sixty years, everyone's dead. Unless you're John Lennon, Kirk Cobain, you're dead and you forgot about. But certainly, in my lifetime, you know, my grandkids will speak of the name Lee Duffy, yeah. Viv Graham, mm -hmm. Paul Sykes. You when, know, when, Delroy Showers. Um, I remember when Viv got shot. I was just a kid. Then you remember, even for like three or four <coughs> years, there was just a dead and I'm talking. From where I live, you can look out to mm -hmm. Newcastle as well, and it was just silent for mm -hmm. years. There was a, there was a, there was like a, a, an eerie a, silence. An eerie silence in the air. Yeah. And I, I, I'm talking, well, 
Um, I think I said it in the Lee Duffy documentary. The experts say that notoriety in itself is a form of success. So people say, oh, well, Duffy didn't have the money. He died with £60 in his pocket, and that was lent off someone six hours before. Um, lent? <laughs> borrowed. Oh, yeah. not took. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was actually, it was borrowed off oh. a friend. 100 quid, and he had £60 left. Um, when, his, when his belongings were given, the, his mother tried to give it to the guy who gave me it. It was soaked in blood, and he was like... Pfft. No, um, you know, but I've, I'm doing the Duffy documentary next week, um, and I, that I've, I've got his last victims, I've got police, yeah, you know, and he, he was literally a one man crime wave. Um, and I haven't glamorized him, but listen, why is the people like me, Steve Rafe, Kay Cray, Bernard O'Mahony, you write crime books on Escobar, these characters are real life, and many people in Wakefield would rather do the ostrich trick and bury the head. Or oh, Paul Sykes is the most notorious, biggest character to ever come from Wakefield. I think there's him and Jane McDonald are the most famous people. Sykes is going to be massive next year. I remember when he came to Newcastle and I didn't know it was him. Who was that? Paul Sykes, it was when um, the door team, was a, remember the door and the icon? Mm. What year was that? It was 98, 99. Yeah. And he come up, because they brought, they brought the change to fame from Leeds. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Right. And there was a guy come up and we did now, like, I was like young. Yeah, Dorman Walls back then. Uh, it was families, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of, because as well, there was these coloured fellas on the door. Yeah. Big fellas. And they were, they were just retaining the job and just not putting them on any shit. They took, they took the normal door team out, brought somebody in from another area, mm-hmm. Lakes of Leeds. So there's no favours. Stamp things out. And these lads were getting grief off certain families. So they brought Sykes in. John Spencer told me the exact same story for one and, of the uh, And when <laughs> I was reading the book, and mm. I was like, yeah, I remember that. Mm. They brought it, because yeah. it got out of hand, Yeah. and he come up mm. and fucking rounded the people together who, who were causing trouble and got them told. You got crazy people everywhere. And, uh, and I was telling people that, they were like, mm. yeah, I, went, I remember that, I was just mm. round the corner. But Sean, you've written, you written your books on your, your bad guys. How do you... Because I get it all the time. Oh, you're writing people. You're right. You're you're bringing people up, or we should forget about. You've done your books on your your Escobars. There's a few other criminals you've done as well, isn't there? And uh, listen, you should forget these people. But you know, true crime is you go in Waterstones. Um, you know, when I released that book two years ago, Middles of Waterstones said to me, um, that. You know, I mean, one one other shop said to me, we had 30 books nicked a month. In the first month, so I don't know what kind of people Jimmy Boyle's bringing to the shop, but but you know what, that's the most, that's the, the busiest genre, genre, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Um, well, they're not pretty good. You know, pay your fucking pennies. So, <laughs> so they do, the, they're really, they're a night, I shouldn't be saying that, should they? but they're a night. <laughs> they're supposed to pay you every 90 days, but it's like six, seven months sometimes. Yeah, you got to fucking uh, But... If you want to make it in this game, you've got to just, you know, um, 
But um, but they said, listen, that book was walking out of the shop. It was just crazy. Middlesbrough went mental. People were phoning me on a daily basis, threatening me, gangs, Duffy's enemies, all this. And then they were taking turns, rah, 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 passing it to him. And I thought, you're not fucking bullying me. Do you know what I mean? But listen, it's 29 years ago I was a primary school kid. You know, unless you go back into time and change what went on, you haven't you know glamorised I mean? it, and no, you haven't lied shit. about it, so yeah. they've got fuck all to say, really. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a good, but, um, interesting story, isn't it? Yeah, the just But, but you know, I, I often, most nights, I watch Jack the Ripper documentaries. If I'm in London, I'll do the walk. True crime is, you know, it, it's, it's it's human nature. Oscar Wilde said, "Why crime is um, vulgar? People will always, you know, and people, even when Jack the Ripper killed Annie Chapman, his second victim. This is true. This." The next door neighbours were charging a penny to get people in to look at the murder site. Yeah. This is just human nature. So when people are saying to me, oh, you've got to do Paul Sykes, you've got to do Brian Cockerley, there's been loads of books I've knocked back and thought, that's a bit step, step too far. Uh, Paul Venice, who's going to play Lee Duffy, Aye. he was getting um, mes many messages saying you can't do it. And I, I was like, hang on a minute, hang on. This is, this is a chance yeah. for you to change your life. This is your chance to become a professional actor. If I got a call tomorrow saying, play a paedophile in a film I'd jump at it do you know what I mean so this is a chance for this you're going to get some trolls on that <laughs> yeah bloody hell <laughs> this is the Prince Andrew Epstein channel <laughs> Oscar Wilde also said um, the British public will never be interested in your art until you have a sex scandal yeah how's that working out with Prince Andrew <laughs> yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> Prince Andrew yeah. I love the royal family the Queen's age do you know and I've used a quote like that on Paul Sykes <laughs> because believe it or not Sean um, I've been at the prisons to visit his son. I've been to stay with his wife. You've seen the documentary. Um, people people, and Lanston, pe pe people say, was he a prison rapist? Have you heard the stories? Sykes. No. I didn't hear that one. Yeah. No, and I've went and I've spoke to the police, right? I've been in the prison. I've been to visit people. And they said, you know, if you sat with our dad now, he used to openly admit he used to have sex with men. It's just something he did to get in a... But did he club him over the head and drag him in the cells? I spoke to a top-ranking Wakefield police officer about two, three weeks back, and I said, listen, we seen his DBS check or it was. It was 200-plus. There was not one sex offence, but that's what people say. Oh, he was a nonce, he was a rapist and all this. I'm looking at facts. This last book I've done, yeah. I've went in and I've spoke to factual people, and he never was convicted of anything. Uh, I spoke to many people who said, listen... Behave or put him with Sykes, and and that went on. You know, and he was a monster, a big scary bastard. You've got Paddy Maloney in tomorrow. Uh, he was, you know, he was a young YP. Behave or Sykes is going to come down and bum you, and and it was all prison grapevine, which was built. You know, did he manipulate people and talk people into having sexual favors? Probably, yeah. But did he actually rape people? Then there's no evidence to suggest nothing like that. No. Listen, I spoke to Chris Lambiano. He was living next door to Paul Sykes for three years in 1973. He said, Jamie, if anything went on like that, he wouldn't have been allowed to walk with us, the Ronnie Benders, the Eddie Richardsons. I'd want to know, see paperwork for you know, anything I've, spoke, I've sat for hours with the, um, the venerable Del Delroy Showers, um, former Liverpool crime lord, and he, said, and he gets the same as well. You know, and he, he's like, nothing like that went on. Do you know what I mean? So looking at the facts, and you know, we can all hear you say, no. but no, nothing went on like that. So there's some people do get it and probably write and show like Purple Aki. Yeah, yeah. He's um you know, he's part of he he will outlive his life, that name. It's yeah. it's in folklore. You Is know, there's people since I've done the Duffy books, there's people making songs, um, 
you know, there's 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 a band who's released one the other week on BBC, Sykes, the film, there's other people um Does the family get royalties for that or royalties? Um well I, do you know with the with the Duffy books, I pay a charity, um it started off with Scope. Um No, not you, I know you can your contribution, but there's I mean, a film. Like, no, the ones that are like making songs and that's no. no, because, <clears throat> listen, here's a fact, right? If I wanted to, once you put yourself in the limelight, if you become famous, or you'll know this, famous or infamous, you were in the limelight. If I wanted to write a book tomorrow on David Beckham, there's not, Donald Trump is the most powerful man in the world. He couldn't stop a book being written about him. But if I wanted to write a book tomorrow about Trevor the Plumber from Middlesbrough, he could legally, because he's a Joe Public... No. But once you become... I thought they had to be dead, me or fucking... You no. Can I, you can't copyright facts if yeah. the person is famous. Ah, right. Yeah. You know, I could write a book about any... Well, you know, anyone who's been famous, infamous, then, you know, it's, it's you've got your right. Yeah. You know, it's a fact. You know, he's already done books before. He's boxed for British titles. He's He's been on crime documentaries. You're there. There's no, people out there slagging me off and there's probably not a, a great deal I can do about it. I don't know about having sex with men, but I used to like them down Thailand pieces. Ladyboys. Oh, yeah, Ladyboys, there's some beautiful ones out there. Oh, gorgeous, man. <laughs> is, there, is there anything <laughs> you'd like to say? Peter, um, <laughs> your book gets better and better. Well. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you'd like to say, Gary, to the people watching this video and like how they can contact you and stuff? And, and, I and just contact us well. on Facebook or through Jamie Boyle. I'll we'll put all the links in the description box for these yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, His phone number is... We're going to make a, a, um, a Facebook page. A page, which is all my business pages. If I do any kind of documentary, I make. Obviously, me and you'll do one. Yeah. And that's, you know, to build it up. And by the time the book comes out, there'll be 4,000 on there too. I want to buy it. It's just building it up. So we're going to do that this week. Uh, so if anyone wants to contact Gary, um, you know, I didn't realise he was actually. Uh, I spoke to Steve Rafe the other month, and I've never really followed unlicensed boxing, but for in that field, for what he did, it was quite. He did, you know what I mean. It was like being all over the country. Like. Yeah, you know, and he's um, he's, he's a well well respected, and to to fight the people he's at short notice and bare knuckle, um, you know, it's it's quite an achievement what he's done. Uh, do you know what I mean? But yeah. he's not actually full of himself. He's not someone who says, you know, well, Brian's first book, someone sent me the week. Every page he knocks ten men out. You know the second one. <laughs> sorry, Brian, if you're watching, but um, you know, but the second one. That's I what did, we like on this channel, isn't it? Yeah, the second book is basically redemption. I'm not uh, one and, of them. And realist, and you know, I keep it sent to myself. Yeah, that's just, what you know. Right. And um, he's quite likable. Do you know what I mean? So I've done. I've done what I've done, and that's it. At the end of the well, day. I think it makes it more achievable. is the fact that. You're not a big everywhere, but you've been knocking these lumps out here and fucking everywhere. Yeah, you know right. I mean? aye. But I so think, and, and I don't go boasting about it. No. It's only been lately, like over the last couple of years, people have been asking us to do stuff like so this and all that, and I'm just talking right now that well, right the so. time's right, I'm 40 year old now, and I'm not going to be doing You need a book out, you know what I mean? You've nah. lived a good life, you know what I mean? Nah, I've got a lot of stories to tell, and I, I'll, I'll tell them. I'll tell them how it is. Have I mean, you Peter. turned to Jesus as well? Huh? Have you turned to Jesus? No, no. I haven't done that yet either. <laughs> yeah, yet. But, you know, I mean, Peter, you know, I've, I've read you. Um, it's not so bad on Twitter because. People have got half a brain. You've got to be cultured and you can have a bit of conversation on Twitter. Instagram's quite harmless, but Facebook and YouTube's evil. It's and really the stuff I, I said, I get it here, there'll be comments. Do you know what I mean? So I'm yet to get it. I'll have but but, you, but you know what? Once you do your book next year, yeah. you'll, you'll get it. 
Do you know what I mean? But, oh, I've been getting out of here, man. Do you know what I mean? But Brian, Brian Cockrell, he um, he gets it really, really bad. But and I say to him, so I look for him because I have my wobble some days when I, I'm in bed and I think four, ten before for two days. I'm gonna start trolling you, Brian, for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny actually because I put a gorilla suit on last night pretending to be him. <laughs> um, yeah, I can get away with it. I can be a bit cheeky to him, but um, but do you know, and, it, and that's life. And I suppose. You know, like I said, there's lots of people, and you'll get it as well. And, oh, and, and you know, and it's—I mean, you never finished that question. How did you, ha- you know, before we finish, how did you? Because th- when you wobble and think, right, this is going to be me now for the next. Anything about Shirley diverts. He'll go on to something else. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so the first criticisms I got was on my Amazon reviews, mm. and I was heartbroken. I was a novice yeah. author. Yeah. I read these reviews, and I was like, <gasps> <gasps> years later. When I rewrote Hard Time, I went back to all the reviews that were negative. Mm. Thought, thank goodness that these guys have pointed out my flaws and incorporated all into the writing of Hard Time. So there's a grain of truth in mm. some criticism. You some, mindless. Jealousy so mind. just makes it better, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. You the can, fact you, you if you can take a little bit of the positive out of everything, it makes you more positive. Right. That's the thing, and then. Now it's been so long of all, of all the reviews and criticisms and everything, I'm just immune to it now. And I, some guests come on and they say, look, we don't give a fuck. Let them have a battle in the comments. And I'm like, yeah, because I know that'll make that video go yeah. more viral. Some guests come on and say, I don't want any negative comments. And I've got the moderators deleting everything. Mm. And those videos don't get as many views. Yeah. He so I, I comments on his own. Though. He's got people all around the world who actually just sorted stuff out for him. Mm. I know people who pay now other people to troll them. Mm-hmm. To create more activity. <laughs> it tweaks the algorithm. Yeah. Even Amazon, if you've got all five star reviews, they think that's your mates have just done that. They like to see a spread of reviews, including negative ones, to promote your book more. Yeah. Brian said, you know, he said um, that the trolls he gets is like, you know, he said that grounds him. Do you know? It's like he doesn't mind. You know, but he get he gets some appalling ones and. Uh, you get the size of Brian, you don't give a fuck anyway. Yeah, but he, 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 he's, he's, quite thick, he's quite thick-skinned. He's quite thick-skinned. But at first, I used to be like that, and he's like, "Oh, why don't you like me? I'm really a nice lad. Do you know what I, mean? I give to charity." Yeah. But uh, you just get to the point now where, what you know, there's a draw the line when you get my wife into. I just think yeah, yeah, that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so um, people watching this, then there's links in the description box. If you want to support the stuff, I'll put the author page for Jamie down there, Amazon, USA, Amazon, UK. He's got a shitload of true crime books. I'm obsessed with some of his stories, his lead off the uh, Viv Graham stuff. It's, it is mind-blowing. So go down, please support our fellas. You know, they've come a long way today to do this. And um, really appreciate all the new subscribers. Rapidly approaching half a mil. So subscription logo's in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. It's free to subscribe. Helps us get the word out to more people. Helps us attract more high-profile guests. Long live the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Huge thank you to people who donated. Donation links in the description box so we can do these recordings in the studios like this. And we're looking forward to seeing all of your questions and comments on this one. Thank and we've you. got Jamie on again tomorrow, haven't we? <laughs> I have, I'll be back. And uh, I will be... Um, you know, obviously I came to the public spotlight with, with Paul Sykes. Uh, he's that guy who talked about punching sharks, and yeah. people are just like, "Who's this guy?" And then, 
I can't wait for the book. Just, just built on, and then there's the Duffy, and the Cockrells, and Negus. You're just going to be a good book. You know, I think I'm writing my 17th one at the minute, and, you know, God spares me, there's 100 books in me, so I'm just really, really busy. And, yeah, I'm telling all the more, look forward to meet you tomorrow. Thanks for coming on, fellas. Cheers, man. Cheers. Nice to meet you.